0: Amen? We need to be aware of that. Death has no sting. And I don't know about you, but uh, I could just talk about that for a little while if you wanted to. But it's all good. Let's just stand to our feet for a moment and we'll pray. And uh, we'll just see where God wants to take us. Father, we just look to you first and foremost. It's not about a man. It's not about a man bringing your word. It is about the man. It is about Jesus Christ. And we just look to you who is the great teacher. And not only are you the great teacher, but you sent forth your Holy Spirit who would lead us into all truth. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here and we acknowledge your presence in our midst. We turn our eyes to you, the one who can counsel, the one who can uh, teach, the one who can bring breakthrough in our lives. Lord, we position ourselves. Just reach out your hands like you're receiving something from God today. Lord, we position ourselves, Lord God, to hear and receive and open the breakthrough that you have for us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that it is available. It is ready and like a gift under the Christmas tree, Lord God. All we have to do is open it. Lord, we have hearts of expectation this morning. Lord, teach us, we pray. Let's take our seats. I don't know. I was uh, reflecting on last year a little bit, and uh, this has been a crazy week. If you uh, if you didn't know, we've had our leaders' advance for 2017 just completed in Yanko, and uh, we had a busy time. We had a great time. We had a time of getting together and just being inspired. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. But I've been doing a little bit. Was leading up to that, I was doing some reflection. I was looking at the things that that have been said and done and and going through. And our last time that our leaders got together in our sort of a, it was kind of a mid-year sort of changeover um, retreat, there was a word that came out of that retreat that has resonated in my heart. And it resonated probably for the wrong reasons. It was like, but it was a confession that I think is something that God wants to move us from and to something. And that word was ho-hum. I said it once before last year that we're going to move from the ho-hum and we're going to move into the greatness of what God has for us. Amen. And that's what breakthrough is all about. It's about change. It's about realizing, seeing that there's something that needs to be changed and taking that change and asking God to bring the change and that our, li- our will would line up with his will and we would step into breakthrough. So ho-hum is a banned word in 2017. got I get an amen on that? This is not the year of ho hum. This is the year of breakthrough. Are you ready for a change? Come on. Are you ready for a change? Are you ready for something different in your life? If you are, just raise your hands and say, I want something different. You see, but this is the difference. We could sit back and we can say, ho-hum, that's what I don't want. Or we could stand up and we can say, God, I want to change. I want to be a change. I want to bring a change. I am an agent of change. And whether or not we believe it or whether or not we like it, it is true. Because you are a chosen vessel of God to be a change agent in your community. He chooses no one else, but he chooses his church. If You belong in the church of God. I want to hear an amen. Yeah, so you're ready for change. Let me put it another way. Who's sick of the same old, same old? Yeah? Same old, same old. I'm sick of the same old, same old. I don't want to see people just give their lives to Jesus. I want to see people give their lives to Jesus. Full discipleship. Laying down, leaving behind that which was the old and stepping completely into the new. The the days of the ho-hum are gone. So as I said, who's ready for God to do something in your life? Because if God does something in your life, then you better be prepared to do something in the lives of those around you. Your relationship with God, and I prayed this this morning here with the team as we prayed this morning, as we are impacted with God's love and we're brought into relationship with God on a vertical level, then there's something about the heartbeat of God that transfers from Him to us and we're able to express love on a horizontal level. That's to go between you and your neighbor. You're sitting next to just touch them and say, I love you in the name of Jesus. It's to go from you to the person outside of this church. It's to go from you to the person in your workplace. And it's to go from you into your schools and into the hospitals. It's to go from you into our community. Who grabbed a copy of our newsletter last week? Give me a wave if you got it. Yep, I got a copy of the newsletter right here. I was writing this and I didn't realize how prophetic it was. I don't know, maybe you thought it was pathetic, but I thought it was pretty good. All right. You see, I got a laugh for that one. That's all right. But I, I want to read you a little bit of this, this uh, pastor's address on the front or whatever you want to call it, just the, the word. Uh, you would have received it by email. And if we don't have your email... Um, come and see one of the ushers after the service and they'll grab your details so you can get, uh, keep up to date with what's happening in church and there's some things happening and I'll talk about them really quickly in a moment. And then, uh, but I want to share this with you. <clears throat> what is it you are believing for? For me, it's about implementing our vision statement. To be as one, inspiring faith, imparting hope and expressing love. To see a church unite behind a call and a cause to make the impact within our region that we are called to make. That we all would have the tenacity to believe that we truly can make a difference if we all apply our time, talents and treasures to seeing the gospel preached and the kingdom of God outworked through us. This is what turns hope into faith, that we apply action to it. It is simply not hoping, but positioning ourselves for an encounter, either with God or with our fellow man. We are a body and we are called to work together. Can I challenge us all? Do we dare to believe that our time is now? Jesus says in Luke's gospel, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Luke fourteen twenty one to 23. And this is the challenge for us. I see a challenge in this. I look around on a Sunday and realize there is room. Just have a look next to you. If there's an empty seat, is there room? Is there an empty seat? There's room. I look around and God's house is not full. Seats are empty and they are empty because we have not invited those in the streets and lanes of our city. They are empty because the poor, the blind and the lame, both in spirit and and in the physical have not received an invitation. I see midweek where we could offer maybe another service or an all people welcome Bible study or something of the like. I see that we can be stretched beyond the comfortable and make room in our schedules to run multiple services on a Sunday because the joy of the Lord is compelling us to. You see, no more ho-hum. Yet the simple truth, That we, the Lord Jesus' servants, can do a better job at inviting people to the feast of the Lord each week. And I shared toward the end of 2016 that 82% of people would most likely attend a church if invited by a friend. Yet only 2% of Christians actually have invited someone to church. Why do we come to church if we never want to see the church actively changing the lives through the powerful work of Calvary and the Holy Spirit? of those we care for most. What compels us to deeper relationship with Christ if we cannot act faithfully on his command to go? Church, I want to inspire us. Yes, church, life is comfortable. It's nice having the same chair each week in a place where we know everyone. But if we truly believe in the risen Christ, then the reality is we have an eternity to get to know the person next to us. If only we would reach out with faith, hope, and love with an action. 2017, I proclaim to be the year of
1: breakthrough.
0: For this to happen as a church, we firstly have to believe it. Do you believe in a God of the breakthrough? You believe a God who is almighty, who is all-powerful, and whose purpose is to bring about breakthrough. This is not about you doing more. This is not about you working harder. This is about position. This is about you understanding your right as a son of God and a daughter of the Most High. It's about you working from a place of acceptance, working from a place of being chosen, allowing that which is true of you to naturally be outworked in the life around you. A great example is Jesus himself. We won't turn there, but in Luke's gospel, you see where Jesus was baptized. It was Luke chapter 3. Jesus was baptized. He submitted himself to the waters of baptism to show faithfulness to show that it was right and to show that it was good. And as he submitted himself into the waters of baptism, as he rose, the the scriptures tell us that a dove descended from heaven and landed upon him. And a voice from the heaven said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Do you hear that this morning? You want breakthrough in your life, you actually need to hear the voice of God that says he is pleased with you not because of what you do, but because of what His Son Jesus has done for you. That statement of Jesus Christ in that He is God's Son, in whom He is well pleased, is true of you if you put your faith and only your faith into Jesus Christ. Remember I said, hope is an action which brings faith. You put your actions and your words and your life into the hands of the name of Jesus Christ and in God Himself, guess what the words are shouting over your life? This is my son, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. And in that, you understand the challenge that it was right for Jesus to go into the the waters of baptism. Therefore, when it's right for you to do something, you will do it of natural response to a God who loves you, not to earn the favor of a God who you are trying to appease. That is the difference between the Old Testament and the New, the difference between what is law and what is grace. You receive everything that Jesus received by a grace bestowed upon you. And that is the good news. That is something you can take outside of these walls and bring breakthrough to the city around you. But I think that's the change that needs to take place. I think there's too many of us that just come on a Sunday morning and we sit down and we wait for God to change us when we're not prepared to change ourselves. Jesus went into the waters of baptism because it was the right thing to do. Where are we positioning ourselves in the right place, in the right time? Last week, I stood here and I proclaimed through the prophetic voice. Let me have a laugh at this. The prophetic voice of your senior pastor. (laughs) You know, that this year is exactly that. This year is the year of breakthrough. And we prayed that in our starting of our year, and we had our time of six different people coming up, breaking through prayer that would break through into those realms of, of faith that we're believing for. I wrote on the same morning before I came to church as I was praying, I felt inspired to write it and declare it to a public view because we need to take what is in the private and sometimes we need to declare it from the rooftops. And that's what social media can give you as a platform. You can declare it to all of your friends that there is something in the air. There is something stirring in the church of God. And I wrote this. 2017, the year the lost are found. The prodigal returns and the righteous celebrate. Are you in a place of celebration this morning? This is a church where we will celebrate the good things of God. And that is what Sunday mornings are about, where the righteous can gather to celebrate the good things that God has done in their week past. They can give testimony to the goodness of what God, as they testify amongst brothers and sisters, of what God is doing in our midst. Are we ready to break through into that realm and celebrate the goodness that is our God, our Father? I continued, I declare a year of breakthrough in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever is holding you back can no longer... I get no amen for that. Whatever is holding you back can no longer. The veil was torn and God is in pursuit. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Empower your church to live in the strength of your joy. Yet for this to happen, breakthrough needs to happen within our own minds. We need to be renewed in how we think we need to position ourselves in the new letting go of the old and every now and then and even in my life you can talk to our leaders who got together during the weekend every now and then a little bit of the old sneaks up a little bit of the old way of thinking sneaks up and a little bit of law sneaks in and you got to be quick to see it and a person of grace will see it and they will cut it out of their life Because that's what the witness of the Holy Spirit does in your life. You've got to get rid of the old and you've got to continue to proclaim the new. You see, are we evangelists for Jesus or not? Not in title, but in reality, it's who we are. To change the way we think from the old to the new, from the flesh to the spirit, from death to life. We need a complete transformation of thought as declared by the Apostle Paul in these words in Romans 12, 1-2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. So like think that I'm Paul for a moment and that I'm speaking to you from the appeal of my heart, from the depths and the base of my love for you. He writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. God's not saying, get come to Jesus and then kill your life like a sacrifice on an altar. He's saying a living sacrifice, one that has breath, one that is breathing and speaking and doing action and talking and bringing kingdom with them now. He continues, which is a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed. Change the way you think by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm. We need to resolve to change. I can sit back and I can say, Jesus changed my heart. I can pray, God, you need to bring your presence. Holy Spirit, come. I can sit back and I can call on the hosts of heaven and I can do anything I want. But unless I'm prepared to move, unless I'm prepared to change, unless I'm prepared to apply what God is teaching me, then I will never change. And I will be still sitting in that chair as I was 15 years ago doing nothing for God. You see, you've got to be prepared to move into the promises of what God says to you. I appeal to you, brothers, brothers and sisters, are you prepared to change? Are you prepared for what God wants to do in your life? I can bring you an example. And I was working hard to think about this. And who's ever heard of Elevation Church? That was the music that was playing at the start of the service. Yeah. Um, I've been resisting for a really long time to watch their pastor um, pastor steve furtick preach that guy you listen to his cds and there's always a moment where he gets up and he just preaches and it's like it hits me in the, directly in the heart every time then i've been resisting this urge to watch this guy preach because i know that uh that i'll get caught in this trap of watching another preacher and and feeding off his stuff and all that sort of stuff but i want to feed off the word of god and off the power of god and off the spirit of god but you know the other day i just felt really led to look up look up uh Uh, Steve's message and I looked it up and it was it was the start of uh, it was the pre-message before a, a revival 10 night revival session that they were starting and and I watched this message and it really hit my heart because when I was praying for breakthrough it was an interest I'll tell you this story really quickly it was two weeks ago when I was starting to pray to God and I could really sense this word breakthrough in my heart and I and I was praying into it and I'm like God what you can look up the Bible and you can't find the word breakthrough anywhere. You just can't. Look up the words. Look in your concordance. Type it in your phone. The, break, the word breakthrough is not in the, the Bible itself. But that doesn't mean it's not in there. Because there's plenty of stories in there where we see God, who is a God of breakthrough, breaking into the lives of people around them. And you see, you can find breakthrough. And then, and I'm like, I'm praying into breakthrough. And then I wrote that article in the, the for this. For the start of the new year and it was that word of breakthrough that was on my life it was that word of breakthrough that was the word for the church and I wrote it and I wrote it in capitals and I'm like there I've got it but to get breakthrough you can't just say it once you've actually got to position yourself and move in it and continue to proclaim it and you start to act in it and all of a sudden you start to walk a life of breakthrough so I'm like okay and I'm scrolling through the podcast, and I'm like, "This guy's got a lot of interesting topics. There's some so many things I could look through. And guess what stood out? The word breakthrough. I went, "Wow, okay, that's the one." And uh, just before that, I'd received a text message, a Happy New Year text message from a friend of mine who I'm going to see this week as I go on holidays, and uh, we're going to go and see him and hopefully catch up and pray with him and stuff. And and he he sent me this message, and you know how he finished his message? This year's a year of breakthrough. And I went, right, God, you're actually saying something to me here. (laughs) So I I pulled out that podcast the other day and I flicked through it and I went, right, breakthrough it is. And I hit it and I started to watch it. That guy can preach. I was so inspired by what he had to say. And you know, it's interesting that the story I want to share today is the story that, that he was bringing in the message. And he brought it so much better than I think I ever could. So I want to just show you something. This story he's got here. As before we get into the story of the word that I want to share really quickly, it's just if you could throw that video. You off. know
1: what's weird to me, and I've never gotten used to this, and I've been a pastor for over 10 years now. Thank you, thank you so much. It's really nothing. But <laughs> it is weird to me how people will come to church frequently and have absolutely no desire or intention to change anything about their life based on what they experience. It reminds me of the days of yore. The town was Monk's Corner, South Carolina. The fitness facility was the YMCA. And I noticed one guy in the gym named Rush. Rush was big and strong, probably on steroids. There was another guy there. I won't say his name. Since it's Monk's Corner, let's call him Bubba. And Bubba... (laughs) Bubba might be watching online, so we'll change his name, but Bubba was at the YMCA every day. Like, every day he was there when I got there. He was there when I left. But Bubba did not have the physique (laughs) indicative of the fact that he spent the majority of his waking free hours at the YMCA. And one day I asked Rush about Bubba. I said, Rush, I know this Bubba doesn't look like you. Bubba's been here longer than you, and he leaves after you, and he doesn't look like you. And Rush said to me, Bubba doesn't come to lift. Bubba comes to walk around and see who he can talk to on the treadmill. (laughs) Bubba comes to, to check out girls in the aerobics class. Bubba's a creeper. Mama don't want no games. <laughs> Reminded me when I went to Buck, Buck was gonna train me, and this was years ago, and I I, I met with Buck to train me, because he was a trainer, and I said, Now you need to know before I come to the training appointment, I said there are certain exercises I do and certain exercises I don't do. I don't run, I don't jog, I don't do any sort of cardio. I don't believe in that. <laughs> I, I, I don't do legs. <laughs> I remember he just nodded. Okay. I don't do pull-ups. I don't mind dips. And I had prescribed for him what I would and wouldn't do. Like when I went to the dentist and the dentist dental assistant hygienist said... Um, I need to talk to you about, and I interrupted her, I said, I know, you're going to tell me to floss, but let me tell you what I've told every dental hygienist before you, and anyone that comes after you, you can give me the floss with the little Spider-Man on the floss pack, but I do not floss. You can show me pictures. You can tell me horror stories, how little Johnny doesn't, didn't floss and now he has AIDS. I, I will not floss. Reminds me of some of y'all sit there, listen to me preach every week. And it wouldn't matter what I say and how I shout. I mean, my God, I can preach my intestines out on this stage. And some of you, it's like you came in with a resolution, this steely resolve. I will not change. Now, there are some things in my life that I would like to see change. And I've noticed in just over 10 years of pastoring that most of us love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than the idea of God changing us.
0: Mm. It's a good point, isn't it? You know, and I think he just said it a little bit better than I think I could. You know, I could talk to you about when I went to the gym, but it was never going to be as cool as Bubba's story. (laughs) Yeah. It's just this sense of we, we're all happy to pray for God to change our circumstances, but we're not happy for God to change us. And there's a man in the, in the Bible, John chapter 5. And we'll read this story. John chapter 5. Uh, I'll read it. I wrote it down on my page here because I want to read it out of the English standard for us. John chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. In Aramaic, it's called Bethesda, which was, has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and the paralyzed. If we stop there for a moment, we could actually sit back and we could think, what is God saying in this? Why, why is it just the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, uh, the sick? But if we're not prepared to change, if we're not prepared to go to that place where we need our minds renewed, and we can only renew our minds by this, by the way. You can't renew your mind by choosing to change, even though that's beneficial You will never know what to change unless you change it in accordance to the Word. Jesus is the living Word and therefore He brings the change through our reading of the Word. There's the witness of the Holy Spirit in our life. But we need to resolve to make a change in our life so we could actually sit back. And if we're walking in and if we can relate to that story there where some of us are walking in with our, our arms folded and we're just like, I will not change no matter what, I won't change. This is not my problem. This is God's problem. Then what will actually happen is you will stay in that problem forever until you resolve to change. Sometimes it's a mindset that needs to change. Sometimes it's an action that needs to change. Sometimes we're just downright sinners and we're not repentant of it and we need to change. There's moments in my life that I could talk about after one after the other after the other about when I refuse to change because ask my wife. I'm a stubborn thing. And I've had some conversations recently of some stubborn people that have been going through change in their life and they realized finally that it's actually about getting on board with who they are and seeing change come into their life that they will step into the calling of God. So we can put ourselves into this story. We may not be lame. We may not be paralyzed. We may not be sick. But if we will not change, then I want to say we are sick and we need to change our mindsets. So we could put ourselves in this moment and we could say, are we sick? Well, if we refuse to change, then we need to be in there. Then you can identify with this story. The five roofed colonnades is something that maybe we'll touch on a bit later. John verse, uh, verse 3 continues, In these lay the multitudes of individuals, blind, lame, and the paralyzed. You'll notice, who's noticed this? Who's got an NIV Bible or an English Standard Bible? What does your Bible say? Verse 3, what's the next verse? Verse what? 5. Wow. Someone can't count. Someone can't count. So it skips verse 4. We'll come back to that later on and we'll read from verse 5. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Don't go reading your notes. Look at me, all right? One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Now, Jesus walks into this place. He walks into uh, past the Sheep Gate. He walks into the pool that is known as Bethesda. Make sense? The pool that is known as Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy or house of grace. Mm. House of mercy, house of grace grace with five colonnades five being the number of grace i think this is a god-ordained moment what do you reckon jesus walks into the place of grace as the embodiment of grace and he finds a man who for 38 years has somehow managed to be carried from his house to the sides of the pool and wait for god what's the importance of this pool Verse 4 in the NIV leaves it out because it's not in the earliest scripts. But you could continue reading. Verse 6, it says this. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Verse 7 says, The man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. It's inferring something is happening at the house of grace. Something happens quite randomly, so in the later manuscripts it's inserted, which means if you've got a King James or a New King James or something like that who uses all of the manuscripts, then what is actually happening is they put in verse 4, which is something that's left out of your newer translations. Verse 4, can I read it to you? Out of the New King James, it says, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. No wonder it was called the house of grace. If you could be the first one to make it into the pool and the angel came down and stirred the water, then you were going to be healed of whatever ailment you had. But see, let's get into the picture of this man. Thirty-eight years. He was paralyzed. 38 years. Some of us have been paralyzed with something in our life for that long. I want to tell you, Jesus asks this man, and I read it already, do you want to be healed? So I ask the question, do you want breakthrough? Do you want change in your life? Do you want to be healed? I think it's a natural question of asking someone who for 38 years has been in that state. I, if I never changed, I could have lost my family a long time ago. A man who, who was full of pride. A man who was so stubborn that he would get in an argument over Nothing. You see, God asked me, do you want to change? And it was in the question, do I want to change, that I encountered the power to change, which was Jesus himself. Do I want to change? This man begins to do what I do. He throws out an excuse. What's he say? Who's got it in their Bible? He says, The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. I can remember God when he was challenging me on my attitude toward my wife and my attitude toward my family. He's challenging me and I'm like, but God, you don't know. You don't have to live with this woman. Right. This is me. I'm dealing with this. I'm the man with pride here. Let me wallow in my pride for a moment. Do you want to change? Oh, but God, you don't understand. Change her and I'll change. Who said that before? Like Change the circumstance. Change the situation. And this guy is like, but God, if you just gave me someone at the specific moment when the angel came down and stirred the water... If you would just give me someone in that moment, maybe then I would have the strength to get into the water and I would be healed. See, we, we move blame from ourselves and we put it onto someone else. I have no one. Just change her. If you would just change my husband, my wife, my work, my boss. If you would just change the school I go to, things will be different. But if you would just see... The grace wants to change you. You have a look at what Jesus actually says. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish with this. Are you prepared to change? Are you prepared to change? Jesus asked this man, are you? wanting to be healed. And it's not because he couldn't get in there himself, but he had to ask the question. By and Bartimaeus was exactly the same. Jesus, son of David, where are you? Jesus, son of David, come here. Jesus, son of David. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? It was quite obvious, Jesus. He wants to be able to see. But Jesus didn't assume. He challenged the thought, do you want to change? Because blind Bartimaeus was so used to begging and looking for alms that he could have just been asking money of the Son of God. You see, do you want to change? This story, and we know the outcome. Jesus says to this man, I say, get up, take up your mat and walk. I say, get up, take up your mat and walk. He heals him on the spot. I want you to get this picture. If you don't want to change, I want to challenge your mindset and to say to you in the nicest possible way, you are bound by law and you need to change. You are waiting for God to change your circumstance and not waiting for God to change you. God came down through the angel of Lord, stirred the waters and one person would be changed. And that's what religion does. The best the first, the one with the most titles, the one with the most knowledge. That's what religion does. It rewards the one who works the hardest. That one person got healed and then it could have been another 30 years before the angel of the Lord turned up and stirred those waters and another man or another woman or a child was healed. There were so many people at that place, they could not be healed. And if you go back one story, John chapter four, there's a there's an encounter Jesus with the woman of Samaria at the well and Jesus says to her if you knew the man who asked you for a drink you would have asked him for a drink because out of him will come waters of rivers of living water you will encounter grace you will encounter the fullness of God God has not, you have not come to God. God has come to you. And the worshippers of God will worship in spirit and truth. It's not about a location. It's not about a geographical site. But it's about your heart and your spirit to change. And Jesus then says, not only am I the living water, He was the one that was the pool that was being stirred up in the picture. But then He said, if you can't get to the pool, this is what grace does, the pool will come to you. And He comes in and He says, be healed, take up your mat and walk. And that's what grace does. You see, we think we need to bring people into an encounter with God. No, you need to take an encounter of God to the people. That is grace. Get out of our religious mindsets. Get out of being the best. Get out of doing the right thing. Get out of whatever you think is holding you back and say, God, I am positioned to hear. I am positioned for breakthrough. Let me be the breakthrough. Are you prepared, church? You see, grace is empowering you to bring the kingdom of God into your realm. Stand to your feet. You are called to take the gospel to the world. And unless you are prepared to change a mindset, you will never do that. You will think it's about a notch on the belt. You will think that evangelism is hard. But evangelism is not hard if you would go from a place of encounter with God, of relationship with God, of acceptance with God, and of being chosen by God Is that not a place of joy? And then joy will overflow out of your life. God, we pray now. We pray, Jesus. We don't pray for hype. We don't pray, Lord God, for knowledge. We pray for an encounter right now. We pray for an encounter with the living truth, the Jesus Christ of the word, the Jesus Christ who is the embodiment of the word and the empowerment of his spirit whom he gives to all. We say, Lord God, we want to be renewed of the mind and we want to be, Lord God, an encounter for you. Lord, let this be a breakthrough in our hearts That we would change from the old and become the new. That we would no longer be the last, Lord God, but that we would be the first. That we would no longer be the tail. But Lord, as it is prophesied, that we are the head. Not because of what we do, but because of who we are. And of the person that we have encountered who is the embodiment of breakthrough. Jesus, breakthrough in our mindsets. Breakthrough in our lives. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Break our hearts for what breaks yours, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, right now as our hands are high and as our eyes are closed, I pray, Lord God, that those who need a change in their mind, Lord God, would be renewed right now in the spirit of gentleness, in the spirit of love. Holy Spirit, bring about a resolve to say, I change. If we need to repent, Lord God, of mindsets, I pray we repent now and we let go of them. Lord, we thank you for your flowing blood, the cleansing flow of righteousness that sets us apart from the old and brings us into the new. Lord, I pray, make us new wineskins. Lord, make us new wineskins that we would bring the goodness of the new wine to those around us. Break through our mindsets, Lord God. Break through, Lord God. Change our hearts. Change our minds to not beg, but to be. Maybe, maybe someone from the congregation would agree with me in prayer and just as loud as you can, just begin to pray. Just one, in the, one of you might have a prayer that is just bubbling up. Just right now. Be your bravest. Be the agent of change. Be the breakthrough for yourself and breakthrough and pray as loud as you can what is in your heart. Who's the breakthrough this morning? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You may take your seats. Give glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thanks, Pastor James.